Hello, McWarrior fans! This is Duncan Fisher! Today is the dawn of an exciting new league, a trial by fire, a proverbial bloodbath of lasers and autocannons, the likes of which you have never seen. Born from the twisted mind of the Dragon's own Hohiro Kurita, this new league will pit the finest MechWarrior units throughout the Inner Sphere against each other via intense skirmish-based combat. If you thought 1 vs. 1s and 2 vs. 2s was hardcore, well just wait, because the Martial Olympiad is reborn. This is Incoming Missile, a MechWarrior Online podcast. Alright, Mech fans, welcome to another installment of your favourite MechWarrior podcast. Uh, and in episode 12 today, we are bringing our reticle onto the competitive part of the game once again. Uh, in particular, we're going to focus on the first instalment of competitive MechWarrior Online uh, that's being brought to you by the new player-run organisation, MWO Comp. Now, hopefully you've already seen the branding uh, on the official MWO website, and you may have also noticed the event uh, that's just been launched, the MWO Comp Tryhard event and sale. And that's all to help bring the organization uh, and competitive play in general into the spotlight. Now, MRBC, uh, that was the major player-run tournament you may be familiar with. Uh, that's unfortunately not running for the foreseeable future. So we're lucky that a group of pretty awesome community members uh, have banded together uh, to help keep the comp scene alive, uh, and they've formed MWO Comp. Now, you may have seen their Reddit uh, or forum posts, uh, and you may have even joined the Discord uh, or registered for the latest comp already, uh, but if you haven't, uh, be sure to check out their content uh, and to check all the contact points available. Uh, of course, we will leave links to that in the show notes, uh, but you can find everything you need at their website www.mwocomp.com Now the first major tournament that they bring to us all is the Marshall Olympiad Reborn uh, and to help explain the tournament we've got one of the co-organisers with us today uh, Krasna Pesky of JGX uh, who alongside Just Call Me Ash and Live1991 uh, are driving the organisation and the admin of the league uh, so in this episode, we asked Chris to explain the general rules and format that's associated with the tournament, uh, including the structure of the drops, you know, map banning, scoring and how to win. Uh, Chris and Captain Cat also go a little into what type of drop decks you might see for the tonnage that's available uh, and perhaps what strats uh, we might see in the tournament. Uh, we also touch on the prizes uh, that you can get not only by participating, but by watching. Uh, the coverage that's out there, where you can tune in and what that will look like uh, and of course all the contact points that you can go to to get the information uh, that you need. Now just to note that uh, as at the time that you are listening to this podcast, uh, official team registration may have closed but as we do mention in the podcast there is still ample opportunity to get involved either as a team or uh, more likely as a player. Uh, so head to the MWO Comp Discord if that's you, and you'll be able to find a team uh, or a place in the tournament uh, by uh, chatting to the admins there. 
uh, as we emphasize in the episode, competitive play provides a whole new experience of the game. Uh, and the more people that compete and take part in the scene, uh, the healthier it is, and of course the healthier that the game is in general. Now before we get into the episode itself, we do want to take the opportunity to personally thank our patrons, John and Brios. Uh, you guys are absolute legends, uh, and Captain Cat and I can't thank you enough for the support that you are giving us. Uh, John's already been giving us some awesome advice and feedback uh, and he's got some interesting thoughts on our upcoming LRM episode. He's going to add some information in there. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing that. Uh, one of the suggestions was to actually add that $2 uh, per month tier to Patreon. Uh, so if you do enjoy our content and you do want to help us to keep cranking these episodes out, uh, please consider heading to our Patreon page and supporting us. Uh, as mentioned, for just $2 a month, you can become a patron and get access to some goodies. Uh, in fact, once we hit 10 patrons, uh, we are going to give away a standard mech pack once a month, each month, to our patrons. Uh, so by being part of the Imp Silo, uh, you can pretty much guarantee you'll end up with one of those in your hand, uh, alongside the uh, other benefits to being a patron. So once again, thank you to John and to Brios for being patrons. Uh, remember, Brios is Southeast Asia's finest MWO streamer, so be sure to check him out and follow him on Twitch and on YouTube. Now remember, we're all about the conversation here at Incoming Missile Podcast, and we want to keep chatting about the different aspects of the game that we, and hopefully you, find interesting. Uh, so if there is something that you'd like us to talk about, send us some suggestions via our various channels. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, follow us at Twitter, that's at IncomingP, or flick us an email at IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, be sure, of course, to check us out via your favorite podcast platform or as we have discussed, support us via Patreon. So once again, uh, be sure to check out the tryhard sale and do part with a bit of MC or C bills. There are some kick-ass mechs that are there for 50% off. You really haven't played MWO unless you've played the Slope Near or the IV4. Uh, and yeah, even if you are a filthy cleaner, there is uh, Halbringers and Madcats there on sale. Uh, so make sure to pick up some mechs for whatever drop decks your team captain is putting together for the upcoming tournament. Because Lord knows there is nothing worse than a being in a lobby with a grumpy team captain who's uh, trying to find out who owns the right mech and who's got the build that they need. So yeah, let's cut down on some of that unit member to unit member violence. It happens uh, about this time tournaments are running. So just remember, hashtag mech warrior lives matter as well. All right, let's get into the episode. Right, welcome to another episode, Mech fans. Uh, and as we mentioned in the introduction, today we are bringing you the all you need to know about the new home of competitive Mech Warrior Online, the Marshall Olympiad Reborn. And now to do that, Captain Cat and I are joined by one of the co-organizers and friend of the podcast, Kras Nepeski, uh, who you may remember from our post uh, MWOWC special, uh, and of course from his uh, JGX Wolfhound that was uh, getting around in those world finals. So welcome back, Chris. How are you? Yeah, well, going well, guys. Thanks for having me back. And uh, Captain Cat, how are you today, man? Yeah, good. Just uh, chilling with a few games before we started. All right, so we are going to kick off uh, and talk a little bit, firstly, uh, about the Marshall Olympiad Reborn itself. Might be a new name uh, to everyone out there. Uh, Depends how deep you go into the lore uh, and into the Battletech universe. 
Uh, but let's start, of course, uh, Kraz, if we can, about this new competitive scene. Uh, most of us will be used to uh, MRBC. Uh, so can you talk to us a little bit about uh, MOR and uh, how it came about? Yeah, sure. So MOR is just one competition, I suppose, as part of like the MWO sort of comp branding that we've made. So our Discord MWO comp is um, a place for many different competitions. And MOR is the first one we're putting out this year. It's a 8v8 competition, loosely based around some previous previous competitions like Battle for Midway that we've also done. It is it is filling a hole sort of left by MRBC because um, MRBC aren't, aren't running any further seasons for the time being. So we figured we'd put our own 8v8 comp in there because it is quite different from a 6v6 setting. So just tell us a little bit more about that. Like uh, why is uh, MRBC no more? Basically, the, the people who have always organized MRBC, Doyle and Shelley, have said they don't want to run any more seasons. No other, no other particular reason. And so what is uh, Marshall Olympiad? Where's, where's that come from? Marshall Olympiad's a law, sort of exactly what it sounds. It's like an Olympics for the military that started, I think, in the Star League. I'm, I'm not hugely into the law side of things. In the Star League Reborn, just after the clan invasion, I believe they had very briefly another attempt at the Marshall Olympiad, which happens to be around the time that Mech Warrior Online is set at the moment, you know, that 20, uh, 30, 60 sort of period. So hence Marshall Olympiad Reborn. Yeah, and if people want to know more about that, they can perhaps hit up Sana or something like that. I'm pretty sure they've got an article on it. Yeah, there's an article on Sana, Sana.net on um, the Marshall, Marshall Olympiad. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff in books and things that people might have. Yeah, I'm sure it's um, ringing a few bells for some of the grognards out there like uh, Captain Cat. But um, you, <laughs> you did mention, uh, Chris, that MRBC, of course, is, is effectively on ice or it's, or it's not continuing until the founders uh, decide they want to pick it up again. Of course, most people, like myself, thought MRBC was kind of synonymous in that it was run by PGI, but in fact, it's player run, just like this one is. And other than yourself organising it, who else is involved? Um, the other two sort of main admins for MOR, at least, are Just Call Me Ash and Live1991, both two other Aussies. And then we've got a, a small team of, of referees, I suppose, helping us with deal with tickets and things throughout the thing. And of course, we've, Captain Cat has done a lot of graphic graphics for us for MOR and the um, MWO comp. And we also yeah, have a few it, other people creating websites and things. And, um, and Chris, do you see any major problems in having that many Australians trying to run something? <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's vastly improved the situation of things. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you said you had a Kiwi that was helping as well. No, that's good. So, Chris, obviously the the change uh, is is not only in name, uh, but you did mention that there's some change in format uh, as well. Uh, there's probably a lot of players out there, comp players in particular, that are a hoping that the scene grows and takes off, but of course that there may be a little bit of a hangover from uh, stock mode. Uh, and although you know that was positive in a way, uh, a lot of people did struggle with the format. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the format of the Marshall Olympiad uh, and what competitive teams and players can expect? Sure. So um, I suppose we can start with the team roster. So we've set a limit of um, 16 players on one team. And I think for 8 for and that was not set necessarily by us, the admins, that was sort of voted on by the other by the team leaders early on. So that gives you plenty of plenty of players and substitutes if necessary. There's five drops. They're all tonnage-based. Three of them are conquest and two of them are domination. 
essentially we're starting with their by far the heaviest drop as drop one. So it's maximum of 625 tons with a you know a full five point conquest sort of game. Uh, drops two and three are are a different map that like mirrored. So for instance, in round one, the first drop is Canyon and then drops two and three are both mining collective. Drops two and three are domination and they're much lighter on tonnage. So a max of 375 tons, which is pretty light for you know an APA. Um, and there's no lock-on weapons in that one, so there's no um, no possibility of just say spamming streak missiles in this lighter drop, which a few teams sort of weren't weren't too keen on in the last battle for midway we ran. And finally, drop four and five very much mirrors a world the world championship without having the stock. So it's a max of 480 tons, the same as last year's world championship. Um, a max of three classes of each mech per drop. So for instance, you can only take three assaults and then three lights. And then we're also integrated a um, a map banning sort of feature into that where there's five maps that you and you can ban two each team. So then the one remaining one is the one you play on for both drops four and five. Right, so um, we've got five drops, uh, 8v8. Uh, that first drop is the heaviest, and that's, you know, 575 to 625, and that's Conquest. We go on to drop two. It's a lighter drop, 350 to 375, and that's uh, Domination. Uh, drop three, Domination again, 350 to 375 uh, again. Uh, then we go back to Conquest in drop four, and that's a max of 480 tons. Uh, for Conquest again in drop five, uh, and again, 480 tons. Uh, you've mentioned the map banning, uh, and I assume that consumables and all that are, are sweet as well, Chris? Yeah, yeah, consumables are far too hard to, to sort of police, so we just have to keep them in, essentially. So it's a, um, a slightly different, I guess, to what people have seen thus far, but uh, yeah, of course, uh, if uh, you want to check out those uh, exact details, then uh, we'll talk about where you can get a recap uh, of the, those rules that uh, Chris has outlined. Okay, that's useful information to people for people to have as well, so they can they can check out any rules questions that they might have there. And so the the maps are going to change every week. Yes, yeah. I'm not so, sure. I'm not sure exactly what we're doing at the moment with the um, the map banning for drops four and five. Whether we're going to only rotate some of the maps out, or they're going to stay in there for a while. It's going to happen. But funnily enough, now now that we're um, talking about the maps, PGI have recently said they're going to release some of the old maps, Frozen City and Forest Colony, they're the two. We're going to be putting some of them into the later rounds of MOR, which should be interesting because, well, a lot of people haven't ever ever played those maps and even less people have ever played those maps competitively. So that should be quite interesting to throw in at the end. And I think people will really uh, enjoy seeing some of those other maps, and particularly ones that people have, like myself, have never played. That's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, well, some, some of the old boys, it will be, it'll be interesting, a bit of nostalgia. The team captains will have to really think on their feet. Uh, <laughs> people like myself will have to try and work out how to get a handle very quickly on how these maps need to be played in um, competitive uh, yeah. format. Well, they are quite small because they were originally designed for 8v8, like quick play. Because the game was originally 8v8, well, not 12v12 when it first came out. And in a sphere only. Yeah, yeah, without the extra range, definitely. But you will have, I mean, they'll come out, what, usually around sort of mid-March. So there will be about a, a, week's, a week's leniency, at least, if not two, before we put them in. We'll put them in late March to early April into the map rotations. Tell me a little bit about the, um, the scoring. Is cap strating a viable strategy or, um, you know, if you lose all your mechs, is that going to count against you? In the end, winning each game is by far the most important thing. 
because the current format we have for MOR is is just a, is solely based on winning drops. So if you win your three drops, no matter which way you do it, then that's the best for the best way for your team to move forward. Um, in terms of getting a cap win and things like that, it only really comes into effect with tiebreakers. Nice, and that's a little bit more straightforward than it's been previously. Yeah, it, it follows on with our with our old battle for midway sort of that's battle for midway run a very simple scoring system like that. Whereas um, MRBC and, Mech, and the World Cup runs the same, you know, a win's a win. That's all it counts. MRBC had a much more complex system, which some people preferred, but we're not implementing a system like that at the moment. What about in terms of uh, like divisions and regions and things like that? What can we expect to see? Um, at the moment, so we've got the two regions, NA and EU. AP, unfortunately, the comp scene is a bit, bit quiet on, so we can't run our own AP competition but some of the ap teams will be playing in the na region mm, we'll make our own tournament with blackjack and hookers and at the moment <laughs> na has four divisions a through to d and eu only has two a and b what about um in terms of players like can can players play in multiple regions and things like that yeah so my own my own unit has a team in in the europe region that i'm playing for and i've also created my own team just sort of cobbled together team of various players from different units in the NA region. So I'm playing in two. Team leaders, if they really need to, can also apply to have a player playing in a lower division play up. But we want that to be an exception to the rule rather than a you know a regular thing. So if we could just touch on that, um, Chris, what would that application process look like? Just um, getting a hold of yourself, Ash, or live? You'd have to be a team leader on the um, MWO Comp Discord, yeah. which you can contact me or live or Ash about to give you that privilege and um and then you'd be putting in a ticket in that ticket system the the details of how to put a ticket and everything are in in the discord itself and in the in the rules and perhaps the easiest way to navigate to that now is to go to um, www.mwocomp.com and you can find a link to the uh, discord server from there it's probably the shortest way to tell people how to get to it and we'll, uh, we'll put a link to that website in the show notes. So uh, check that out and uh, make sure you bookmark it. Uh, so it seems um, pretty simple to understand thus far, uh, Chris. For MOR, though, are there any noteworthy rule changes or noteworthy difference, uh, difference from uh, other comps? Well, one thing that is noteworthy, it may have happened in the past, but not really since I've, I've been playing comp, which is you know, admittedly not as long as many other players, um, is that you're allowed one hero mech per drop in MOR. Mm. So that'll be interesting to see um, which, you know, hero mechs are brought and if they do, you know, if they are noticed to have an impact on each of the different drops. Yeah, we decided to, when I say we, I meant all the, like all the team leaders voted on this. Uh, the vote was yes to include one hero mech per drop. There have been concerns in the past about, you know, being paid to win things, but I don't think that'll be a problem. One, because people have a lot more MC these days with all the different events and mech sales, hero mech sales that go on. So hero mechs are a lot more accessible even if you don't spend any money on the game. And two, I'm, I don't think there's any one standout hero mech that is just flat out OP. Like it's just flat out better than everything else. I don't think one of those exists. Some of them do things, maybe roles better than other things, you know, but that is something we'll have to see. Um, we are keeping the battle for midways uh, max of three chassis across all five drops. It does like affect the variety of mechs you do see, which I find is is quite good because rather than having you know when there's an a just say a long range assault choice, it's going to be like a battle master a lot of the time or a supernova and an annihilator. Rather than just seeing those mechs over and over again, you only have a max of three of 
one of those chassis. So you have to cycle in a few different types of mechs. And I am very interested to see how the drops, essentially the world championship format, the drops four and five go um, mm. when you take into account, like without the stock mode, you know. Yeah, we really, I think for quite a while because of the stock mode introduction, we haven't had a, an 8v8 tournament for like at least a year. So I'd be interested to see how that how that plays out with all the new mechs and patches and things they've done to the game. I was going to say let's go let's go a little bit deeper into that. I mean, we've got drop one. You said it was I think six twenty five tons max. So that's the fat drop uh, as the first drop, which is uh, kind of turned on its head from some previous tournaments. Yeah, first week we're going to have Canyon. What kind of mechs do you reckon? Uh, would you uh, predict we'd see there? Well, I suppose it depends on what level of play you're talking about, right? Mm. Because I think I think at the moment balances in terms of comp, like with no sort of you know stock mode rules or anything, is is interesting because there are a few different viable strategies. I think in the lower divisions you'll see a lot of like brawl and DACA pushes, even with mm. the big boys. You know, load up a, like a as many armor quirked assaults with DACA as you can and just push into a certain area. I think that'll be quite strong for teams to do well because if you know, if you get the initiative with that and you get a few kills early on, it'll just snowball or you, you'll just have too much DPS and armor for the other team to overcome. Um, in the higher divisions, you'll probably see a bit more variety. And I think there's a lot of things on Canyon that are viable. Like you can have like a more long range AR large laser PPC sort of deck. You can have, yeah. um, you can throw some Lerms into the mix. Lerms are very strong at the moment. So- ATMs, pop tarting, snipers, lots of things. What does a 625-ton drop deck look like? How, what does that actually mean when you start putting mechs in there? How, how many assaults are we talking? You can easily fit six assaults in there if you really want to. If you run two lights, you can run six assaults. Or you can you can run um, one light, four, four to five assaults, and then the rest heavies even, or a couple of mediums. Like Depending on, you know, which which end of the tonnage range for the classes you pick, you can, you can fit a lot of tonnage in there. It's so quite a heavy, large drop. Yeah, okay. which is which is another reason why um you know on Canyon with its sort of you know dynamic dynamic map face that that isn't very good to get around on. I can see Lerbs being strong, like even if you just bring one Lerb boat for instance, because it really it really prevents I suppose people taking a dominant position when you can just learn them from behind cover. It's gonna um suit Ash really well. <laughs> and RJ, RJ, if he's listening, he'll be, he'll be looking looking forward to learning the game. In comp as well. Nice. <laughs> At least some all people right. happy with that. Some people not so happy. But then we'll have um, now that I'm now that I think about it, we're going to have all those LRM changes coming up mm. soon too. Are they in March or in April? March. Oh, yeah, they're in March. So I mean that will that will affect the comp somewhat. Yeah, who knows how that's going to pan out? Yeah, we'll have to see. And so from the largest drop, we go to the smallest one with drop two and three, which as you mentioned in week one is mining collective. What sort of composition of a drop deck are we going to see there in terms of classes and things? Yeah, so it's not as light as um as say Battle for Midway was or the, the lightest drop in MRBC. It doesn't feel as light as those. You're not obligated to take, I suppose, as many light mix. You can run quite healthy mix of mediums and you can even throw a few heavies in there quite easily. So things like linebackers and mad dogs. You can fit in there quite readily if you just if you put especially if you put like a few twenty tonners like a some fleas or a piranha in there mm. you can easily bump up some of your medium mix or if you wanted to you could you could run like you know eight medium mix basically if you had a whole heap of assassins in there and then heavier mediums you could run that because the lightest drop in MRBC was just lights and mediums right so four lights four mediums yeah yeah so 
pretty restricted there. On it usually ended up into a big swelling uh, clusterfuck, if, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and the last the last season of Battle for Midway was very similar. It was um we we dropped the tonnage even more for the six v six, so it was quite light. Yeah, and that that is fun. But here we've got a little bit more of a a flexible composition, so you could kind of do whatever you want, really, as long as you stay within those restrictions. Yeah, I think for most of the time, Brawl's still going to be the strongest for drops two and three or some sort of form of that. But with the tonnage and depending on the map, you definitely can can run a strategy that isn't Brawl and still be successful, I think. As a drop caller and, um, you know, drop deck crafter, you really got to think, if I don't bring Brawl, am I going to be able to stop them before they get to me with my range or whatever else whatever else i'm bringing because once those assassins are on you it's you know it's kind of all over if you've got a range deck well i think i think in in saying that you can um i think a strong deck will be sort of a mix right so you have some overwatch mechs and some brawl mechs so that can you know and you've got to be careful with this because if you have a couple overwatch mechs um, that's really good if you versus a full brawl team because the brawl team will essentially have to push you although They'll just continually get farmed by the Overwatch mix, and then you can make them push into you in an unfavorable situation, and then you can brawl them with your own mix, and then the Overwatch mix can continue to hit them. You know, but if you do that, and the other team brings a full trading deck, then suddenly you've got like you've got a weakened brawl deck that can't push that can't push as well into a full trading deck, and your traders are very like are not as useful at all because it might be you might have two or three trading mechs versus an entire team of trading mechs, which doesn't work too well bit of rock paper scissors going on yeah, yeah i think there will be and of course you know sometimes the, to be honest the decks don't matter sometimes you just have a bad engagement and you just get rolled so it's you know it's it's always an interesting sort of mixed bag so very quickly uh, we got the last two drops drop four and five uh we've got um, a map ban system happens right before the game and then and then what does that what does that look like in terms of composition and things like that well i think you'll see funnily enough like a similar sort of layout in terms of um, classes as you will in um, in stock mode so i think it'll be pretty strong to bring like essentially you bring a you bring like two parts to your team so you'll have three assaults and probably a heavy or so and then you'll have three lights and a fast moving medium or something like that so you'll have a quick moving sort of reactive part of your team and a more stagnant trading sort of part well, if you really wanted to, you could bring like um, you could go more of a route like a fast assault, three heavies, a couple of mediums as well. But I'm not sure how popular that'll be. We'll have to see. I think it'll be in the end, it'll be stronger if you just bring the three assaults. Are there a um, are there a few more unknowns in these last two drops? Do you think, Chris? Well, to be honest, because we haven't had you know like an eight v eight tournament in so long, it's just there are, there are a lot of unknowns. I'm I'm being purely speculative. Yeah. Yeah, could be. I could be way off the mark from what I think. We've done some internal trainings and things, and we've done like there's been some scrims going around that I've watched and taken part in. But there's always been surprises in every sort of tournament that I've that I've seen or participated in. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things getting around that you know one one team in particular thinks of or can do well. It's what's exciting about comp, really, that you uh, start to to get those brains uh, and strategists to work. Uh, and see what they come up with. So yeah, certainly looking forward to it. Would you say it's fair to say that the comp scene kind of pushes along the meta in that way? That people sort of, you know, find something that works and then everyone has to kind of adapt or die to some extent? Yes and no. I mean, some comp builds don't work well in quick play at all. Or, you know, each of the formats have sort of different builds. But definitely I've, I've found that comp scene 
in particular has sort of introduced a new idea for mechs to be used in quick play and faction play in the past. So yeah, sometimes the ex- the experimentation you get through comp does have does have some nice results with finding sort of you know, new popular builds or builds that only a few people might have run or you know relatively unknown. Just you end up seeing more of them. The classic example being um, being EMP's dragon, mm. you know, on Tomaline. No one really used that, yeah. And then suddenly it became quite popular after the World Championship. Particularly when you've got uh, such high-level pilots using the mech as well, you really get to see the range and the effectiveness. And and Proton and that dragon was probably, again, the quintessential example of that. And, I mean, we've seen a number of mechs introduced since the last uh, AV8 tournament and even since the last open tournament of any kind. And seen plenty of mechs get quirked, weapons get changed. Do you think there's any anything new that might be finding its way into the scene, the comp scene? Well, they've sort of touched on in the past. In like 2017, the ATMs were used a fair bit. I think we'll see a few ATM boats getting around and LRM boats. I think, funnily enough, it's it's been often taken semi seriously in the past. But I think a more a, a deck with like that integrates and like NARC, one or two NARC mechs will be seen in the comp hmm. because of how strong LRMs are and especially on like a big tonnage drop. If you knock a mech and the enemy team hasn't brought any ECM or it's not viable for the ECM mech to, you know, try and cover a particular mech in such a heavy drop, then not only does it, you know, get you a lock, say, for a lock-on weapon, but you can just, you can see where they are at all times when they've got a knock. So you can see them start to move to poke. So if you knock a mech and it's knocked for quite a long time, then you know, you can effectively take it out of the game while it just has to hide while it's being knocked, even without too many lerms on the field. So that might be interesting to see. What about the other changes, um, Chris, that we've seen, say, to heat and with the side torso destruction? Do you think they might impact the meta uh, for this tournament? Yeah, so there's, like, the LFE builds can get punished quite a bit. So you might even see, there's a few mechs, particularly in the assaults, that you can use with a standard engine to just completely avoid and the, ec- the extra weight that you sometimes lose on that can be made up for in the double heatsink buff. But I think you'll still see you'll see a good mix of engines, I think. There'll be a few Light Fusion, there'll be a few XL. It'll, I'll be interested to see how many um, XL engines are brought in and what mechs they are brought in. Obviously, the Lights will still feature XL engines, or most of them. But there's a, f- there's a funny place with Assassins where, yeah, you can make a much slower Assassin with an LFE engine, or you can make a much more a much, much quicker one with more jump jets with an XL engine. So it'll be interesting to see um, what choices are made like that. Well, certainly something that I'm looking forward to is to to see what variety, uh, and not only obviously in the strategies, but yeah, utilising uh, the different mechs and the different options out there that uh, is what makes comp uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, we we do have a good a good team of um, shoutcasters, including Bandit, who's going to come and um, do some official shoutcasting on our, on our Twitch channel for MOR. So that should be really good. We'll be able to see, you know, hopefully plenty of games will be will be shown for everyone to watch, which is, you know, that's arguably one of the best parts of comp, not necessarily even playing, but just being able to watch all different comp games being played, particularly the high-level ones can be very interesting. And that is a beautiful segue, uh, Chris, to talk a little bit about the coverage. Uh, and uh, you've mentioned, of course, uh, that they will be uh, streamed on Twitch and there will be a variety of shoutcasters. Before we hit that coverage though, can you tell us a little bit about the timeframes? Uh, you know, when do registrations finish? When do we expect the comp to start? Well, I think registrations are finishing in a day from the time of recording. But in saying, <laughs> that, in saying that, in the past, we've often had teams wanting to sign up after 
after the registration has closed and provided it's not, you know, a, a day before the comp starts, we, we can have some flexibility with that, especially if they if that team happens to fill out, you know, a place in a in a in one of the divisions that needed to be filled. Would that just be for teams, Chris? Like uh, for players, for example, could they still register and be part of a team? Definitely. Uh, yeah. Or do the rosters need to be finalised yet? Yeah, no. So the teams, the ruling is at the moment that the, the teams can't, once registration's over, the teams can't remove pilots. But you can continue to add pilots up until, you know, at the admin's discretion, up until whenever you want. You know, you just have to make sure it's, I can't remember the exact, even though I wrote the rules, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it might be one hour before the actual drop you have to do. Yeah, sure. But yeah, by, by, and, and I do know that a fair few teams in both NA and EU are still looking for pilots, particularly pilots as, um, as fill-ins and things like that. So, so yeah, the, the takeaway from, from this could be more that if you're looking as an individual to get involved in the comp, you still can. Uh, even though the synapse might be finishing, uh, even before we get this out to air, you can still, uh, especially if you're already part of a team and you haven't signed up as yet, uh, or if you're just uh, looking to fill in, you know, maybe do a bit of bench warming, or or just um, if you're a skilled player, maybe jump straight into a team. Yeah, and in in our MWO comp Discord, there is a um, looking for team channel. Which is exactly for that, you know. If if you're a pilot, you don't have many contacts. But you can contact myself. I've helped a fair few pilots find teams because I'm sort of in constant contact with all the team leaders who are participating in MOR. And you can just, or you can just, you know, post up your sort of pilot profile per se in the Discord. And those those pilots in there are usually, you know, taken quite quickly. Right. And is is there space in in the tournament for players of any level, or is it is it purely just for the- you know the most skilled players to participate. No, def- definitely, there's 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 room for almost any sort of level of skill. I mean, pres- presuming you're not you're not in tier five, that might be a little bit still a little bit difficult. But the number of mechs you have might be the biggest thing holding you back there. Yeah, but it, like division division D and NA is is quite accessible to the vast majority of mech warrior players. So so and then it goes all the way up until like you know the world championship sort of level like division A. So there's there's room in there for almost anyone. And as we've um, mentioned before, getting involved with comp uh, gives you rewards from the game that you just wouldn't have had up until now. So even if your skill level is somewhere at my level, uh, or if you're good enough to be Captain Cat's level, or if you're at that top echelon uh, like Kraz's, you know, there's, there's, it's rewarding at every level. So yeah, don't let uh, your skill or lack thereof uh, stop you from, from getting involved. And I mean, it's my number one piece of advice uh, that if you, if you feel like you're, um, you know, you're struggling, you, you've kind of plateaued, and and you want to take on the next challenge, then joining a team is easily the best way that you could get that extra bump of skill. Uh, working together with other people, uh, and you know, obviously, comp is, is is another step again beyond that, of um, challenging yourself to learn and get better. Yeah, by far, by far, that's the best way to continue to improve. Joining a team. And even if you don't necessarily want to play comp like right now, or you don't feel like you're you're ready to play comp, you can still join a team and help them in their trainings. Because most of the teams, even at a lower level, will do like various scrims, which are a little bit more casual in nature, and they'll have room to put in subs to test them out and get them experience. Team punching bag. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but even there, you you learn a, a hell of a lot. Um, just to, you know, participating in that regard. So that's a really good point, Chris. Yeah. 
Now, um, something that probably a lot of, of people may be wondering about um, is what is on offer for the victors. If you uh, go through and earn a gold medal in the Olympiad, uh, what can teams expect? Uh, and yeah, I, I would assume that PGI has come on board too support it yeah so we haven't um we haven't quite finalized the prizes yet but it'll be a similar format to past competitions like mrbc and battle for midway where we'll have um a big chunk of of mc the premium currency to distribute to the winners and even like second and third places and we we might even have a few different extra things like gxp gsp and mech bays and things like that that may be included as well we're still trying to trying to etch out exactly you know what we can what we can get out of PGI, we sort of like to have, um, like Battle for Midway, we like to have an even spread of prize money rather than giving, say, necessarily the huge, largest prize to the top level. like to encourage people, like we were mentioning before, of all levels to participate and give more even prizes across each of the divisions. Is there um, any truth to the rumour that the top performing pilot gets to go out on a date with yourself or Ash? Maybe Ash. Maybe Ash, yeah. No, you might be able to go for a steak, steak dinner yeah, with Ash. nice, yeah. Travel, travel to Australia and have the time of your life. <laughs> now, um, and obviously prices for the competitors, and um, it is wonderful the that uh, PGI support it in that regard. Uh, but of course, the viewers as well. Uh, there's potentially going to be some rewards in tuning in uh, to watching the games uh, on the on the competitive channel. Yeah, yeah, we already have a we already have a number of you know giveaways that we'll be doing through the the Twitch channel while the games are on. So they can range anywhere from you know MC to um, to just in-game sort of items, and there's there's a few actual like game giveaways for there's a few Mech Warrior Five games that we're going to give away once we reach certain um, like viewer viewer counts on the Twitch channel, and there's a I think there's a couple of Mech packs as well that we want that we'll be able to give away at certain points for the viewers. So I mean, arguably you can get better prizes actually. Yeah, just watching. exactly. <laughs> they're, they're participating, so you might want to tune in anyway. Or, or you might want to do both. Yeah, mm, while you're playing, tune, tune into the stream. The stream will be on a five minute delay, so it's not cheating. You'll be fine. You wouldn't be the first pilot to win a giveaway on on the stream with the game that they're in. <laughs> No, I, I think I've done that once myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just type something in chat. Like, ah, Krasnoviski's won. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty good of PGI to support the tournaments outside of there. I mean, they've got their own official uh, MechWarrior Online World Championship and, you know, MechCon and all that. So, I mean, it's good to hear that they put a decent chunk of uh, uh, prizes in. Yeah, they've been quite good. They've also, they, they did a bit of advertising for us on their own website. They put our you know, our sort of um, our information and our posts up on their community part of their website, which got a bit of exposure to, which is good. So they've, they've been really helpful with developing it. Yeah, that, that is fantastic. So a big thank you to PGI and, of course, uh, a big thank you to organisers like yourself, Chris, Live and Just Call Me Ish uh, for the work that goes in there. So we talked about uh, Twitch and, of course, Twitch will uh, likely be the main form of coverage. But there are lots of places that you can go to get content on this comp and on the Martial Impaired Reborn kicking off. You've mentioned Discord. Um, Kraz, where are some other key places that uh, viewers and participants can go to to find out more information? Yeah, so there's um, we've got a, a pinned Reddit post on Outreach HPG. We've got um, a post in the official forums as well with links to all the information. We've got, as Captain Cat mentioned before, we've got the website that you'll you'll put the in the link to the show. Uh, where else? We we have a, a YouTube channel as well, which will have like a lot of the replays for different matches when when they're played, put up on there. 
I think Live has even done things like Facebook pages and things as well. So I mean, it's, there are a lot of a lot of platforms, a lot of the major platforms we have a presence. And we'll we'll put all the links up on the show notes. View, nice. Listeners will be able to access. I'd, I'd really encourage people to join, um, in particular the MWO Comp Discord channel because that's kind of the hub for it all, really. Yeah, um, that that's the communication point, the main one, and you can access all the different people who are working on the comp there very easily. Um, names will always just be just sitting there for you to be able to click on and. And anyone can feel free to, you know, ask me any yeah. questions on Discord. And, you know, that's fine. I've got no problems in helping people or clarifying questions. And that's for people who want to participate or just who want to spectate or, or anything. I just want to talk to, to people who are, um, you know, playing at that level of play, whatever. There's, there's channels there for all that sort of thing. Would it be true to say, Captain, that uh, a lot of the team captains frequent that to get clarifications and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, at this stage, um, before the tournament's officially underway, we're being asked a bunch of questions from the organisers about how we would like to see various, you know, sort of rules uh, and things, taking votes and things like that on whether we have how that uh, map ban system worked was, was voted on by the team captains. So to some extent, we're to blame for, for anything you don't like about the tournament. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's one thing as organisers we've tried to really push through with this tournament. I suppose it's a bit different from um, previous. I mean, we've always had a feedback sort of thing, but this time we've really just, we've put it out basically to direct votes to team leaders as what they want to see, and these are the different decisions, you know, they can make. So we've, we've tried to make it more of a, a democracy, I suppose, of getting people what they want and i've really um i'm really trying at the moment to structure the divisions in a way that is beneficial for everyone especially including um the lower divisions in the past i felt that um that teams have been sort of sometimes they've been forced to play a bit higher a bit higher level than they're able to and i think that's had really like just only negative impacts rather than positive impacts in the past mm. so i want to focus rather than rather than trying to say you know make make every every division say with five teams or try and balance it like that. Like if one division happens to have seven teams and another one only has like three or something or four, like, so be it. That's, that's the level of the teams, you know, that where they belong. Mm. So I'm really trying to like um, make it so everyone has a, a complete chance to win their, their sort of division and to at least make sure that they're competitive because it's, and it's, it is very difficult because, you know, with roster changes, and new teams and things, it's, it can be difficult to place people and you do make mistakes, but. In the past, a few of those mistakes I think have um, contributed towards like a declining in the um, in the number of people and teams who want to play comp. It can be quite disheartening to to lose almost every drop of an entire competition. You, you need a need a lot of resilience to sort of push yourself through that. I mean, that's fantastic to hear, Chris, and I think everyone would appreciate uh, that effort that is going there. And and uh, Captain Cat and I will certainly speak for the community where we say uh, thank you to yourself, to Live and Ash. Uh, for that effort and thought that you are putting in. Uh, we can't emphasize enough uh, how the role that, that competition plays in the overall community. Uh, and this being part of this, yes, it is about the competitive aspect and yes, it is about being tested, but it is as much about being involved in this fantastic community uh, that we've got. So yeah, big ups to uh, yourself, uh, to Just Call Me Ash and to Live uh, for you know, running this competition and, and uh, you know, helping to contribute to the community. Yeah, oh, thanks very much. Thanks to you too, boys, for getting through with your podcast and helping out where you have been. And uh, we will say that uh, on that note, we will be releasing uh, weekly mini pods uh, covering the competition. So that will be uh, just a quick uh, news feed where we talk about who's won, who's lost, 
who's performed what we're seeing. Uh, so if you are listening to this, uh, make sure you stay subscribed uh, and you'll uh, also be able to get those uh, audio updates alongside uh, all of that other good content that you can tune into. Mm. And we'll be participating in the tournament as well, you and I. A lot of participation from me, uh, not necessarily a lot of performing, uh, but uh, yeah, that I, I am proof that uh, yeah, all levels uh, can participate in comp and uh, yeah, I can say I, I do have a lot of fun uh, and yeah, certainly encourage everyone to get out there and let's hope uh, Clan Crossfire can uh, represent well, eh, Kim? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Cozen always talks himself down, but he is a perfect example of uh, of what it takes to be a good team member and that is, you know, he goes out there and he does the job that I've given to the to the best of his ability. And it, it, he's the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, <laughs> 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 to the slaughter. No, he, he really represents himself well. Comp is all about uh, having roles. So, uh, yeah, that's it, um, to, to uh, talk about Captain's point a little bit further uh, and to move on from it, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, you know, everyone has a place in comp. So, you know, all you've got to do is be able to listen and, uh, yeah, you can have as much fun uh, as everyone else playing. And that's what it's about, having fun. and. And having a good um, tournament structure with good divisions is going to hopefully uh, go go a long way to making sure that that's what it is for everyone. Because it it you know it's really nice when you go and and no matter the outcome of the game, you'll get a lot of GGs coming back your way and a lot of uh, good banter after the games and things like that. So it, it, it's it's really a good good thing to be involved in as a team captain as and as a team member. It's uh, a, a positive experience. For sure, and I mean this is this is the um the first season as well. Yeah, everyone has to remember of MLR, so might not necessarily get everything right the first season, but if it goes successfully, there'll definitely be a second season. If not this year, next year, then we can um we can change things up that we that we didn't think worked well, and just continue developing it and make it better. Absolutely, and uh, that requires your participation, listener. So make sure that you are getting in and getting involved. Uh, that way, you can. Give your feedback. You can uh, help make it the best product um, that's out there, and uh, yeah, ensure that it does have a future moving forward. So, Chris, thanks for coming along today. It has been fantastic to get this breakdown. We will hopefully maybe get you again, maybe midway through comp, and you can tell us about how some of those things are going. Uh, and uh, yeah, as we said, we will give you regular updates via the podcast to uh, keep you up to date to how everyone is performing. Uh, before we close off, um, guys, was there anything else that you wanted to finish up with? No, I think we did a pretty good job of covering it all. Thanks for having me again, guys. It was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks, Chris, uh, for coming on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And um, I'd wish every team who's participating uh, the best of luck. And uh, may the uh, side dis- torso destructions be ever in your favour. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Remember to check out all those links that we will drop in the show notes, uh, and that'll connect you with everything that you will need in regards to comp and getting involved. Right, that's it from me, GG. We'll see you on the battlefield. Oh, seven MacWarriors. If you did enjoy this content, then please consider supporting us. You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback, either through comments, tweets, or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at IncomingP, or email us directly at IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor. You can find us on Patreon at Incoming Missile Podcast and choose one of three tiers of support. Patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content, but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast. You can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations, all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners. So if you had a product, service, or content that you'd like us to mention, contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time. Shutdown sequence initiated.